The contents of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, welcome to another edition of HealthKick. I'm Tim Boreham. Today we're looking at a biotech that uh, is developing an effective treatment for pancreatic cancer, which is the fifth biggest cause of uh, cancer-related deaths. So it's a very nasty cancer indeed, with patients having only about a 10% chance of surviving beyond five years. Globally, there are about 330,000 new cases a year, uh, so it's quite uh, quite prolific as well. Uh, now, the uh, ASX-listed Oncosil Medical is developing a targeted radiation treatment, which aims to zap the tumours while leaving the healthy cells alone. The company had a big win earlier this year when European regulators granted approval for the device, which means it can be marketed on the continent and in the UK. Uh, the company has uh, launched an approval application with our Therapeutic Goods Administration as well. Uh, that's the local drugs gatekeeper, and also hopes to win approval from the US Food and Drug Administration. Uh, but uh, I've got uh, Oncosil CEO Daniel Kenny with me to tell me more. So, uh, hi, Daniel. Hello, Tim. Uh, yeah, so Daniel, it, it's been a long journey uh, to approval, hasn't it? Because you first approached the European gatekeepers uh, in, in round about uh, 2015. Yes, Tim, it has been a long and uh, challenging journey, but bringing a, an innovative uh, targeted radiotherapy uh, device to the market, particularly in this uh, challenging area of pancreatic cancer, does take time. And I admit it's taken a, a lot longer than we anticipated. Our first approach to the European authorities was in mid-2015. But that journey is over, and we received a breakthrough device designation by the European authorities, along with the CE mark, in April this year. Now, now the regulator, uh, they, they, they didn't knock you back, but, but they, didn't, uh, they, they didn't approve uh, the drug either. That was a couple of years ago. So I'm just wondering what you did differently to convince them in the uh, interim. Yes, you're absolutely right. Throughout that period, uh, there was constant dialogue and, and we were uh, submitting several major dossiers to the notified body during this period. And at each um, review point, the uh, notified body came back and requested additional data or requested additional analyses. Uh, back in 2018, after one of these major uh, filings, they made a request for us to do a very comprehensive systematic review of the literature. And we undertook that review and combined it with a, a naive indirect treatment comparison. And we were able to satisfy the requirements for CE marking on the basis of that analysis, where we compared the results from our PANCO study in unresectable locally advanced pancreatic cancer with the published literature, comparing the PANCO results with um, studies that involved uh, chemotherapy only or the combination of chemotherapy with external beam therapy. And the PANCA results showed a compelling outcome in terms of a doubling of overall survival, but also a, a very compelling outcome in terms of downstaging tumours to resection. 
the PANCO study showed a 24% downstage into resection um, compared to the meta-analysis in the literature showing less than 7%. And that's a, that basically that analysis got us over the line to, to be awarded the CE mark. But that analysis through the naive indirect treatment comparison also showed what the compelling results are possible from the um, Oncosil treatment when you combine it with chemotherapy. Perhaps uh, we, we better describe to listeners uh, exactly what the product, and the product's called Oncosil, isn't it, like, 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 as, as with the company, but perhaps you could describe how, how it works and, and how it's delivered. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, it's Oncosil Medical and our lead product is Oncosil. And Oncosil is a micro, microparticles that are inserted directly into pancreatic tumours using ultrasound-guided endoscopy. The microparticles are a fusion of silicon and uh, phosphorus, phosphorus P32, which is radioactive. And once we implant those microparticles into the tumour, they irradiate the tumour from within, uh, not um, impacting a healthy tissue surrounding uh, the tumour. And that's essentially what the microparticles are. The microparticles, as I said, are directly implanted using ultrasound-guided endoscopy, and they deliver an absorbed dose of 100 grays of radiation, and 98% of that radiation is delivered uh, within within 90 days. Okay, so, so it, it's radioactive, but, but but not for very long. That's sort of the key. Yeah, it has a, a, a half-life of 14.3 uh, days. We can deliver the bulk of our uh, therapy within 90 days. It is done as a day procedure. The patient comes in, uh, goes under a general anaesthetic. The ultrasound-guided endoscopy delivers the microparticles directly to the tumour. We mix those microparticles with a proprietary diluent to effectively wash the microparticles, uh, covering as much of the internal volume of the tumour uh, to try and engender a significant shrinkage of the tumour and allowing those that those tumours to be downstaged to resection because all of the patients that we've treated thus far are unresectable upon um, treatment commencement. That means they can't be operated on. Uh, Correct. The tumor yes. can't be surgically removed. Um, yeah. So, so you get to get them to the stage where, where the tumor can be resected. That is Correct. operated on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. that's an important, um, compelling outcome of the Panko results. When we submitted that data uh, to the European authorities, besides granting the CE mark, which was which was the the accolade that we were seeking, it allows us to move into commercialization in Europe. Uh, many markets, including our own here in Australia, recognize the CE marking for registration, and we filed for that uh, just last month. So it's, it's an exciting time. But we've also submitted this data to the US FDA. And in March, on March 16th, they referred, they looked at that data and came back and also granted a breakthrough device designation for the Oncosil device, primarily on the uh, prolongation of survival and the ability to downstage these inoperable tumours, these unresectable tumours, to um, operability and moving into surgery with a curative intent. Yeah, okay. So, so the Food and Drug Administration is basically saying, yeah, we agree there's not much else out there. So we'll do whatever we can to... Uh, uh, to fast-track a, uh, a treatment. Yes. It, it indicates that you've got compelling, uh, innovative uh, results from an innovative technology in an area of huge unmet need. You put those three basic factors together, 
and then you you are on a, you are on essentially a fast track to subsequent approval. And we're working closely with the FDA on a subsequent study, which we believe in the fullness of time will lead to a, a, an approval for commercial sale in the United States in locally advanced, unresectable or inoperable pancreatic cancer. And I, I presume, Daniel, that as with uh, most uh, drug therapies, the uh, US is the biggest market, possibly by a long way. Uh, absolutely, Tim. It is the market uh, with the biggest potential in terms of, not necessarily in this case in terms of population, but in terms of the rewards that would come to a um, to a, a medical device company such as Oncosil. The CE mark gives us access to a market in Europe of 85,000 cases of pancreatic cancer per annum. The United States is um, 45,000 cases per annum. But it's, it's also the way the, the uh, pancreatic cancer is treated in the United States and also the reimbursement system, which will reward um, uh, the company with, with a, higher, uh, a higher price. But it's not all about price. It's about actually coming to the market with an innovative technology to actually improve outcomes. And I think the, 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 the challenge for pancreatic cancer is, there is that current therapies are ineffectual. And we believe that adding Oncosil microparticle radiotherapy treatment to existing chemotherapy treatments uh, will uh, lead to improved outcomes. In the PANCO study, we showed besides a 24% downstaging um, to curative surgery rate, we also showed a doubling of overall survival. The median overall survival in a patient who has inoperable pancreatic cancer or an inoperable locally advanced pancreatic cancer is is eight months. And mm. in the PANCO study, currently we're showing uh, a doubling of that to 16 months. And the patient cohort we're still following. So we believe that in the fullness of time, when we do further analyses on overall survival, we may find that that 16 months has been extended. But at the moment, we're showing a, a prolonged, effectively doubling the median overall survival in this cohort of unresectable locally advanced pancreatic cancer, and also showing a very compelling and very exciting ability to downstage tumours to the rate of 24% when you compare that with the literature of less than 7%. This is a this is the reason why I think, well, I'm certain this is the reason why CE mark was granted and breakthrough device designation was awarded by both the US FDA and also um, BSI, the notified body responsible for our approval in Europe. Yeah, okay, okay, great. And so when was the first... Uh patient treated uh, in, in the uh, PANCO study? The first patients were treated in 2017. So we're, we're now coming right. up to more than three years since the first patients uh, were treated. The last patient completed um, uh, initial f- follow-up of two years uh, just uh, last month in June uh, 2020. We are continuing to follow these patients. Um, uh, to see what the overall survival benefit is. So the, the data from the PANCO study, and we also have a sister protocol operating in the United States um, called ONCPAC-1 in several US centres. Uh, the long-term follow-up continues. And so our data from both these studies continues to mature with respect to adverse events and obviously survival. Yeah, okay, okay. And so with the with the US and, and, and the FDA, the... Uh, the OMPAC trial obviously is aimed at uh, supporting uh, approval there. So, so that's specifically for uh, for uh, US purposes. 
Yes, uh, both both studies will. The data from both the Panko study, which was conducted in Europe and in Australia, um, and the Onkpak one study, which was op- which is still operating in the uh, US, all of that data will be submitted as part of our ongoing work with the FDA. I, I must emphasise that now that we have FDA breakthrough device designation, we will submit a new protocol to secure approval in the United States uh, moving forward. But yes, the data thus far uh, obtained from both these protocols will be used. And we do have an investigational device exemption operating in the US. And in addition to that, we've moved into bile duct cancer or distal cholangiocarcinoma. Mm. So it's better to refer to bile duct cancer than than the, the Latin term of cholangiocarcinoma. But we have in December 2018, the FDA awarded uh, Oncosil um, a humanitarian use designation for the device for intrahepatic and distal cholangiocarcinoma, and we are moving forward with that indication as well. So there is a lot uh, of activity um, flowing from our clinical work, flowing from our regulatory activity with both the Europeans and uh, the FDA, and we, we, we look forward to an exciting future as we basically take what was a late-stage development company into a commercial phase. Yeah, yeah. And so is bile duct cancer, is that actually a bigger market, uh, uh, Daniel? Distal cholangiocarcinoma in the United States is a small market, but like locally advanced unresectable pancreatic cancer, it's an area of huge unmet need. And we believe that uh, distal cholangiocarcinomas, and the FDA agrees with this, they have functional and morphological um, aspects of the tumour, similar to that with um, pancreatic tumours that occur on the head of the pancreas. So we believe uh, performance, good performance in pancreatic tumours will translate to distal cholangiocarcinoma. And distal cholangiocarcinoma has roughly one, 1,600 cases each year in the US. So it's a small market. But it's a market that is uh, is an area of huge unmet need, and we believe that Oncosil can play um, an important role in, implu- in in improving outcomes in these patients. Yes, and it's interesting because uh, speaking of liver cancer, you've sort of got a precedent with Certex Medical, uh, don't you? Are there uh, radioactive spheres as well? So similar uh, concept, but but for um, uh, liver cancer at late stage as a salvage treatment. Um, our Certex were taken over for about $2 billion, weren't they, in a hotly contested takeover. Um, so um, you're uh, uh, standing on the, sh- on, standing on the uh, shoulders of, uh, of, of giants uh, from, from the sounds of things. Yes, the Certex um, became a standard of care for uh, liver cancer patients and it's it's a, a, a proud history that the Certex management team um, have have developed. There are differences in the technology between the Oncosil microparticles and the uh, yttrium ninety uh, spheres that that Certex used for treating um, liver cancer. Uh, some of your listeners may be interested to know that Oncosil has undertaken two studies in primary liver cancer, so we we ultimately would like to return to that space in the fullness of time. But at the moment, our focus is clearly on unresectable locally advanced pancreatic cancer and obviously moving into distal cholangiocarcinoma or bile duct cancer. But in the fullness of time, we we would also look to move back into liver. The reality is that 
the Surtex success commercially and clinically has put Australian uh, medical device companies uh, to the attention of, of bigger players and and they were hotly contest, contested for the, for the buyout. And I think it also allows clinicians to look at brachiotherapy uh, based on the, the clinical treatment success of, of Surtex. Um, many clinicians now, particularly uh, in pancreatic and bile duct cancer, look at brachiotherapy as, as a suitable modality to improve outcomes in these uh, patients who have relatively few options. Yes, okay, okay. Um, and in the meantime, you've got European approval, as, as we discussed. Um, are you selling there yet? Not quite. Um, we, are, we do anticipate to have uh, early revenues um, by uh, Q4 this year. COVID-19 obviously um, is slowing down our launch preparedness. And of course. Um, I, th- I don't think any of your listeners will be surprised to hear that. But we no. are making good inroads in uh, preparing to launch our device in the European Union. We appointed uh, Nigel Lang earlier this year to lead our commercialisation efforts. And for many of your listeners, uh, Nigel Lang was the head of Surtex. So we were just talking about Surtex and the tremendous success that that company had uh, introducing a brachiotherapy for liver cancer. Well, Nigel has uh, decided to join our company and is leading our commercial efforts. And I, I believe all his hard work will lead to uh, sales uh, later this year. And all I can say is that COVID-19 is obviously presenting some challenges for us. It's slowing down our ability to to launch. Yes. But, uh, we, we're, we're quietly confident of achieving these early sales based on the experience we've already had in Europe. We, we already had uh, a number of sites from uh, Brussels, throughout the United Kingdom as well. Uh, many sites were involved in the PANCO study. So we're not starting from ground zero, uh, as you would say, but we're starting from a basis in which we can move forward. But uh, COVID permitting, we should be uh, getting revenues later this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we discussed reimbursement. Are you uh, are you reimbursed uh, in in Europe and or the UK? The in this COVID impacted world, we believe that um, the private payer market and uh, the self payer market would be one segment of the of the market that we would be targeting. But also uh, in Europe, uh, many markets have local, regional, and national reimbursement schemes for a technology similar to ours. Optimal reimbursement will come uh, years down the path when we have further health economic data. But we do have cost effectiveness models based on the PANCO and ONCPAC1 data, which we believe will secure modest reimbursement for patients uh, throughout the European Union and the United Kingdom. But I also want to emphasize that there is a a strong private payer market in Europe, which we will also be targeting in our launch phase. And Daniel, just in terms of the company's financial position, at last glance, you had about seven million dollars of cash. Is that is is that enough for you to 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 forge forward and achieve the the approvals and 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 do the required work? Well, following the CE mark, we completed a a capital raising with leading institutional funds and high net wealth investors and a rights issue with our existing shareholders in April. And we raised $19 million from that capital raising exercise on the back of our recent regulatory success. 
So the company is now uh, well-funded with uh, pro forma cash of around $19 million, uh, and which is more than adequate for us to launch robustly in Europe and to continue our regulatory and clinical work. So, so Daniel, share, share price-wise, uh, despite the, uh, the the approvals and the good news flow, you, your shares actually look a little bit off the boil uh, since, uh, since since early Feb. Uh, so what, what do you make of that? Well, I think the uh, share market is is impacted by COVID and the economic contagion that's come from that health crisis. However, we raised capital on the back of the regulatory success earlier this year with the FDA breakthrough designation, CE mark, and European breakthrough device designation. We did the capital raising at $0.09, cents, and we're currently trading at $0.13.5, cents. so that's a you know, 45% increase from the capital raising. Like most CEOs, I consider the, the, the stock to be undervalued, particularly in view of the recent regulatory success and the, the move towards commercialization and revenues later this year. However, if you invested during the capital raising at nine cents and with the stock currently trading at 13 and a half cents, I think we're moving forward. But obviously, we need to continue to move forward with our clinical program. We need to move forward and continue with further regulatory approvals, uh, as well as generating revenues. And I think generating revenues later this year will basically uh, be the catalyst for future movement in the stock in a positive way. Yeah, okay. I guess if you're angling for a uh, a uh, COVID-19 therapy, uh, the share price would be uh, off the chart. But um, (laughs) it is is what it is, of course. Uh, And look, speaking speaking of the dreaded coronavirus, um, what are your thoughts on on whether we're going to see a, a drug or a vaccine first? Or perhaps nothing? Well, I'm not really qualified, although I have spent some of my career working in vaccines and in um, swine flu pandemic work. I'm not really a, a virologist, not really qualified. I'm. Quite- it sounds like you're qualified enough, though, because uh, uh, <laughs> everyone else has an opinion. <laughs> yes, we're all armchair epidemiologists and virologists. We are. I think, I think the, the one comment I would make in an area where I have some degree of um, uh, consideration is that serious diseases, whether it's cardiovascular or diabetes or in particular cancer, has to be continued to be treated despite social distancing and the pressures we find in our healthcare system. Whether it's Europe, the United States or Australia, we still have to treat these patients because there is still the potential that more patients will die of ineffectual oncological treatments and not being able to treat cardiovascular patients because we're focused on the pandemic. So the pandemic is clearly an important health crisis, but we also have to be mindful of being able to continue to treat patients with with diseases and conditions such as unresectable locally advanced pancreatic cancer. And what we're seeing uh, in Europe is a willingness to try and find the resources and being able to balance obviously the health system treating COVID, but at the same time trying to treat uh, patients with other serious diseases. So, Tim, I'm not going to offer any any commentary as an armchair virologist, but I'm quietly confident that, you know, that a lot of efforts have been put into vaccines and when a vaccine comes, that will be uh, a great panacea to the challenges that we face. And as a scientist, I'm, I, I believe that, that that's obviously possible, but I have to say, 
uh, it's not my area of expertise. And so I'm, I'm hoping, like everyone else, that uh, a vaccine or other antiretroviral treatments will be made available to, to help ease that burden so we can focus on other challenging diseases like pancreatic cancer. Yep, exactly. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's hoping. Um, uh, Daniel, uh, great to chat and uh, th- thanks for your time and all the best in, in terms of uh, becoming the uh, the next Certex. Thanks, Tim. It was lovely to chat. And yes, um, as you know, many of our employees have come from Certex. So the success that they enjoyed in their careers there, we're hoping to emulate. Yes, so let's uh, let's see how we, how we go over the next weeks and months. Excellent. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks very much, Tim. Mm-hmm.